This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Buckle up for a big week that is coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never, never, ever been arrested, not even by the fashion police. And neither is Donald Trump, but that could all change as soon as tomorrow as a desperate Democratic district attorney who doesn't people put people in jail for violent crimes wants to handcuff Donald Trump for getting handcuffed by a porn star. I love it when you talk dirty. Well, we're going to talk real dirty. It's going to be a rowdy week. And it starts with Dagan McDowell today. Sean Duffy is going to be here as well. Your fine self also welcome at 888-788-9910 on a show that only has one rule. You can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, you can be a Libertarian, you can be an Independent. You can identify as a boy, a girl, a goldfish, doesn't matter. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Just be whatever you want. Just don't be a There it is. Happy Monday and a wild Monday it is going to be. If you saw me on social media last night, I was at the Rangers game with Lincoln Fela. He had never been to a New York Rangers game before. Uh, we went with Kennedy and Dagan McDowell. And by the time we were in our seats, it was already like three nothing. OK, it was a, it was there were six goals scored in the first period of the game alone. It was out, absurd. Seven nothing was the final. It was it was bananas. Okay, and we had a great time, and I'm in a great mood. I feel so alive. There were so many Fox fans in that arena, one of which even, like, yelled out to Lincoln instead of me. They're like, it's the Linkman! <laughs> yeah, laughing because I'll never, I'll never, ever live that down, uh, that Lincoln got the shout-out I didn't. But a lot of people in the crowd, there were so many Fox super fans who took pictures, met a lot of people. It really was an incredible night. So I'm coming to you in good spirits personally, But I'm in a bad spot. I'm in a really bad spot for the country today. And I think we're all going to be in a bad spot as the week progresses if the reports are true in that we could be on the verge of seeing a former United States president in handcuffs. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know. But what we're coming to, if that is the case, is a banana republic. Okay, because this is a situation where. Okay, you are putting a guy in cuffs for the equivalent of it's a parking ticket. Okay, is what it is for all. And this is not Russian collusion. Yeah, lock him up. If somebody colluded with a foreign government to overthrow an election. You, you, you do lock him up. Okay, this is not selling nuclear secrets to another country. Of course, you lock him up. You take the unprecedented step of arresting a U.S. president. For the first time in the 246-year history of the country. 
Okay, unprecedented. It doesn't happen. Why? Because of the message it sends to the rest of the world, a world that's supposed to see us as a stabilizing force now sees us as a banana republic where a political party prosecutes its enemies to keep them out of power. I think he's got a point. One of the reasons we've enjoyed 246 years in a row in the number one spot is because we weren't doing stuff like this. Okay, well, here we are at the precipice of giving all of it away, and again, we're not giving it away for anything of value. Could he be guilty of paying off a porn star to keep her quiet? I'm sure. Okay, he has a wife. I don't doubt that he doesn't want his wife knowing that he's shacked up with a porn star. Hubba, hubba. Fine, but I don't doubt that it. <laughs> there's reasons to keep it from his wife, number one. Number two, okay, if silencing damaging information to a political campaign, if keeping it from the public is so irreprehensible that we need all hands on deck to handcuff a U.S. president. If hiding information from the public that could potentially change an an election is such an egregious crime, then go out right now and lock up every single person that hid the Hunter Biden story. Think about that. Trump paid off Stormy Daniels to keep her quiet about an affair. He didn't want people getting mad that he had an affair. Fine. Okay. You think that's gross. You don't morally agree with it. I get it. But understand, we had 51 former intelligence officials put their name, put the credibility, put the word of the United States Intelligence Department behind a story about Hunter Biden's laptop that they all knew was true. That's just how white folks will do you. They all went to the mattresses and said, we, the United States intelligence community, want you to know that this is Russian disinformation. (laughs) And it wasn't, and they knew it at the time. This is politics as usual. So everybody on the left that's like, well, you know, he's, you know, we got to protect democracy. It's about election integrity. and Democrats are so full of crap. No, it's not. You'd self-arrest on the Hunter Biden story, number one. Number two, when it comes to this particular application of justice, what you need to know about this case, okay, and this is not me talking to you as, you know, a Fox News guy or a right-wing guy or a Trump guy. This is me talking to you as an objective American. Everybody should be pissed off that our country is delving into Banana Republic territory. And make no mistake about it, we are. If Trump gets arrested, why? Because the feds, the feds, the federal prosecutors had a chance to charge Trump with this very crime. Did they do it? The answer would be no. The feds, who have a lot more prosecutorial wherewithal than an individual state, who have more resources who have more access to the full depth of the story, who have a broader subpoena power, they were faced with the prospect of charging it. And again, the feds said... The answer would be no. Okay, but then let's go locally. Okay, that's the feds. Maybe the feds think differently than the locals. So let's go locally. Okay, this case started under the previous district attorney, Cy Vance. Cy Vance, who was in the same seat Alvin Bragg now occupies, had a chance to charge Donald Trump for this very crime. Did Cy Vance do it? The answer would be no. So if you're keeping score at home, the feds are like, no, there's nothing here. 
Cy Vance was like, no, there's nothing here. In comes a woke prosecutor by the name of Alvin Bragg. Everything woke turns to A woke prosecutor who, mind you, has downgraded 52% of his violent felonies to misdemeanor charges. That's not right. Not right. I mean, someone throws you in front of a train? Nah, don't worry. We'll downgrade the charge. We got to keep the crime numbers down. Oh, no. Somebody try to push in rape and robbery? No, no. We can write that down. Let the guy write back out on bail. That's what's going on right now. This guy has written down 52% of his felonies to misdemeanors. When it comes to Trump's case, which is a misdemeanor, he is upgrading it to a felony in this move. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. All the way desperate. Why? Alvin Bragg is in a one-party town where he is wildly unpopular because of the soaring crime stats. So what is he doing? He's indulging the town in their biggest sexual fantasy on earth, which is Trump in handcuffs. What the hell did you just say? Oh, no. Okay, there is nothing that turns on the rich white liberals who run New York like the idea of getting Donald Trump. And that's what Alvin Bragg is pivoting to. This is an exercise in political self-preservation. But you understand it comes at the expense of our national integrity. You can't tell. Oh, no one's above the law. Shut up. Shut up. No one's above the law. Tell that to the retiring female fire department captain who was stabbed 123 times by a guy who had 21 prior arrests. Tell her that no one's above the law. You know, except that guy who was out walking the streets despite 21 convictions. Tell that to the woman raped on the subway platform by a guy who had 12 violent priors. Tell her no one's above the law. You know, maybe accept him. The point is, this isn't about the law. This is about politics, top to bottom and inside out. And it happens at the expense of the whole country. That's the problem here. Okay, it's not about Trump. It's about America. America is bigger than any one president. It's bigger than any one candidate. Okay, we are a 246 year old country. If you're going to take the integrity, the image Okay, the fact that we are supposed to be above politics, corrupting our justice system. We're supposed to be above a two-tier justice system. We're supposed to be above all the things you see in third world nations. The minute we confirm to the world that, oh, no, no, we're just like everybody else. Okay, you stop being America and you start being the real housewives of Washington, D.C. And that's what we're projecting in this moment again. If there was Russian collusion, he overthrew an election. Okay, yeah, you lock him up. Of course you do. But did he do those things? The answer would be no. Okay, if this is Ukraine and he for a withheld military aid to Ukraine until they went out and got his enemy in Ukraine, Joe Biden, if he was actually guilty of that. And there's a there's some type of violation. Do you prosecute that? Of course you do. But did he do it? The answer would be no. How about the taxes? Remember, he was going to serve life in prison for his taxes like Al Capone. So they subpoenaed his tax records. They got them. And oh, by the way, they weren't nearly as bad as we were told, because if they were bad and they were damaging to Trump, you know, damn well, every single Democrat would have leaked them to the public. That's true. That is true. Remember, we spent four years on oh, the Trump tax returns. We're going to get the Trump tax returns. Oh, girl, you better believe it. We're going to get them Trump tax returns. Oh, well, here's a newsflash for you. 
They got the Trump tax returns. Did they ever release them to you in full? The answer would be no. No, because they were full of it about those tax returns. And when it comes to this arrest and when it comes to the justification of this arrest, okay, they are completely, completely, okay? But it's not going to come at an expense to them because in a one-party town, hooray, we're going after Trump. The people who are going to get the bill are you and me who are now living in a country that's looked at like a third worlder at best. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. One of the big refrains over the weekend as I was hosting the big Saturday and big Sunday show. Where are the Republicans on this? Well, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy uh, and the Republicans just announced a short while ago via Jim Jordan that they want Alvin Bragg to testify on the Hill that this was not, in fact, paid for with federal money because, one, that would be influencing the 2024 election. And two, this does very much look like a misappropriation of justice and they want to get to the bottom of it. But here is Ron DeSantis, pretty prominent Republican in his own right, Weighing in on the case just a few moments ago, it is clip four. You're talking about this situation with, and look, I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda and weaponizing the office. And um, I think that that's fundamentally wrong. I think he's got a point. Think about that. We're going back to an affair that allegedly happened seven years ago, and we're trying to find a legal technicality to prosecute a guy. For something that, again, will do a lot more damage to the integrity of the country than it will to the guy himself. In the short term, a lot of Trump's base is going to rally around them, as they should, because this looks like a wrongful persecution. Now, the long-term ramifications could be bigger because I don't doubt on some level Democrats just want to envelop Trump in so much controversy that it motivates a lot of voters to walk away. Okay, but to the credit of DeSantis, his enemy, he had it both ways. He drew light to the fact, attention to the fact that, yes, Trump is engaged in the paying off of a porn star, which traditionally, I got to be honest, not very conventional when it comes to our politics. But again, that was part of the appeal of Trump is that it wasn't conventional. They weren't electing a preacher. They weren't electing a principal. They were electing someone that would go to Washington and punch people in the mouth. That's what they were electing. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. That's what they were after. But understand, the D.C. establishment didn't like getting punched in the mouth. They didn't like the idea that an outsider could walk in off the street and hold the levers of power. So they've pushed back against him with everything. I mean everything. The, The intel committee tried to stage a soft coup during the Mueller probe. 
Okay, they tried to impeach him for Ukraine. They accused him of organizing a coup on January 6th. They went through his tax returns. They've tried everything known to man. But again, when you see as an objective observer a prosecutor who is in fact funded by George Soros, somebody who is upending the rule of law and trying to empty out the prisons in the name of equity, you realize there's something going on here that's bigger than the crime itself, okay? That's bigger than the man guilty of that crime. Okay, this is a really bad moment for America, and make no mistake about it, there are people associated with this that want bad things for America. George Soros is not trying to fix this country. Okay, George Soros is trying to remake it in the image he prefers, which is equity. But here's a newsflash. Okay, when someone gets out of prison in the name of equity, do you know who they harm? They harm a member of their community. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. No one ever asks that question. I do. Okay, if these recidivist felons commit 90% of violent crimes against members of the same race, that means you let a bad guy out of jail who's now going to go harm a good guy of that very same race. But here's DeSantis. He's speaking to the Soros thing as well. Clip five. I also think it's important to point out when you're talking about these Soros-funded prosecutors, yes, they may do a high-profile politicized prosecution, uh, and that's bad, but the real victims are ordinary New Yorkers, ordinary Americans in all these different jurisdictions, that they get victimized every day because of the reckless political agenda that these Soros DAs bring to their job. They ignore crime and they empower criminals, and that hurts people. It hurts a lot of people every single day. These Soros district attorneys are a menace to society, and I'm just glad that I'm the only governor in the country that's actually removed one from office during my tenure. Good for him. So it's a win-win for DeSantis because he gets to go on offense against the persecution. But at the same time, he does benefit because there's a lot of Trump baggage that overlaps with this moment. Again, the moment's not possible if Trump didn't do what he did. So I don't want to, you know, be so blind to the reality that this is a, something that's the making of his doing. But the fact remains, no other politician, no other human being on earth would be charged for this. OK, Trump's attorney was already charged for this. Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen, Okay, for all intents and purposes, would be the star witness were this to become a trial, which is one of the reasons the feds passed and the previous DA passed. Okay, this is not a credible man on the witness stand. Number one. Number two, back to the earlier discussion. If we're going to lock people up because they hid information that would swing the outcome of an election or at least influence it, then every single person who hid the Hunter Biden story, has a problem. Hunter's a dirtbag. Well, his business partner said that dirtbag was given 10% of his money to Joe Biden. Are you the big man, Joe? Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Roe. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. 
do have to play a clip in this moment from Maxine Waters. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Now, to be clear, I wasn't announcing this to upset you. I was just trying to get you to lower your IQ by like 40 points. So what she's about to say might make sense or resonate with you on some level. Maxine Waters is one of the dumbest people ever to hold elected office in this country with all due respect to AOC. AOC is a dope. And I'm not saying it because of their race or their gender or because I'm threatened by a powerful woman. I'm saying it because they're both stupid. Bingo. Okay, Maxine Waters is the one who tells you all the time, there's a domestic terrorist in the Trump organization calling for protest. Maxine Waters famously once told Democrats to get up in the faces of Trump officials in public. I want you to get mad. I want you to get out. I want you to get in their faces. And say, you're not welcome in this country. She said that. But here she is saying Trump encouraging people to protest is domestic terrorism. Clip 14. He should be arrested. He should be indicted. And the charges uh, that he's been indicted on are minimal as opposed to the charges that I believe he could have been indicted on. I don't know well, what's going to happen when he announces himself. It's almost like he's attempting to organize his domestic terrorists uh, to show up and to resist him being arrested. You have to be careful with him. What would you do with a brain if you had one? That's not what's going on. And to be clear, no one, no one should be engaging in any type of physical act. You want to chant? You want to march? Boom. Okay? No one's calling for violence. Always, always, always calling for restraint. In fact, there are people on the left that are hoping there's a minimal violence. I'm not saying they want anybody to get hurt, but they'd love to use the reaction of Trump getting arrested as a grounds to crack down on every single Republican, as a means of tainting every single Republican by association. That's what the, the, you know, the, the fallout from the Capitol was. We all watched the Capitol at the same time and we're like, what the hell is this? This is not good. Not good. Not a good moment for the country. In fact, this is bad. That's what we all said as the Capitol was unfolding. Okay, hey, this needs to end. Hey, Trump needs to issue a statement. Hey, put it, put it, put an end to this right now. We all agreed there was a consensus that the Capitol was bad. But that consensus wasn't enough for the Democrats. They had to take it a step further. They don't benefit from a consensus. They benefit from the division. So they repurposed the Capitol as a deadly white supremacist insurrection that attempted to overthrow the government. Not even close! No, but they ran with that narrative. Okay. They ran with that narrative. But there was no world where they ran into the Capitol because they wanted to swear in the guy in the Chewbacca bikini. Okay, and you can tell me they just wanted to overturn the election and keep Trump in office. But if you actually go watch the Capitol footage at length, yeah, you see a lot of people committing violence that shouldn't have been locking them up, lock them up. Okay, but over a thousand of those arrests were for parading, meaning people just walking around the Capitol. Okay, so there's no world where you can tell me this was an organized, coordinated event to take over the most powerful country in the world because it wasn't. But that's where the Democrats benefit from division, from drawing a line that's so far beyond any objective person's take on the event that it allows them to 
portray you as some type of defender of the Capitol, some type of, oh, so you think it's good that we can run through the, no, nobody said that. We think it's bad. We just don't think it's what you say it is. So when they go out and they do stuff like this, okay, in the unprecedented manner that they do, there is a political motivation for them. So much so that their protectors in the media, Michael Beschloss is a good example. He's the clown over at MSNBC. Okay, he went out yesterday, forcefully condemned Speaker McCarthy for wanting some answers when it comes to this potential indictment. Now, understand Michael Beschloss, should you know there be any doubts about where he stands and how big of a hack he happens to be in terms of, you know, he's a presidential historian, but he's a partisan shill. When Trump was found to have classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, If you remember, he tweeted a picture of the Rosenbergs, the couple that was famously executed in 1953 for being Russian spies. He tweeted a picture and responded to it with sounds about right, meaning he was insinuating that Trump should be executed for possessing classified information. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. But to take it a step further and to expose the hypocrisy of the whole thing, Joe Biden was found to have classified information, just like Trump was being accused of. Only in Biden's case, it wasn't in a padlocked room that had Secret Service protection. No, it was in the garage of his home. Some of it had been there for two decades. Did Michael Beschloss call for a meme invoking executions? The answer would be no. No, because there's a huge double standard. And when there's a double standard, there's no standard. But here he is going on offense against Kevin McCarthy on MSNBC. It's clip 12. He's interfering with the process of the rule of law. Uh, This is a a, a duly elected DA in New York who we don't even know what's going to happen yet or what the grand jury is going to do. But the Speaker of the House has absolutely no business interfering with this process siding with one side, Donald Trump's side, and also saying that he's going to investigate uh, the use of federal funds to interfere, this is him talking, with our elections, uh, an effort by what he calls politically motivated prosecutors. It's not his business to get involved in the legal process. Now, listen, what is he doing there? Seriously, he's being a clown. The Speaker of the House, understand, is witnessing a process that's never happened in the 246-year history of this country. The Speaker of the House has every right to ask a couple of questions. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. But the reason he's so forcefully condemning it is why. He just wants the wheels to keep rolling. These are people whose entire existence is devoted to hating Donald Trump. They are so blinded by their emotion that it's denying them the self-awareness that should otherwise tell them, one, they look crazy, but two, they're doing harm to the country. You know, the biggest claim against Trump was what? You know, he gets elected. He'll undermine faith in our institutions. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has undermined faith in our institutions more than our institutions. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Trump tweeting that the FBI and the Mueller probe was a scam. They were like, oh, well, it's going to undermine faith in the FBI. But when the Mueller probe came and went, it undermined faith in the FBI because you realize the whole thing was a scam, that they lied on FISA warrants, 
that they ran their whole play based on a steel dossier that was wildly unsubstantiated. It was opposition research bought and paid for by the Clinton campaign. The Mueller probe was fake. Russian collusion was fake, and the people running it knew it was. So if you're, you don't have to be a Trump fan. I don't care. But if you're just paying attention and having an honest conversation with yourself internally, then you know in your little ledger you have a note in your head that the Russian probe was fake because it was. There was no alpha bank that he was communicating with that's back channel. You know, Trump's campaign is communicating back channel with this alpha bank linked to Putin. That was actually made up by the Clinton campaign. That's an actual fake story they made up to detract from her private email scandal. It was made up by these sick people. That's what went on. Okay, so if you are keeping an objective score in your head, like you have a belief system, you have a take on events, if you are objective, the Mueller probe is fake. It was completely fake, completely fake. Okay, so understand in your head that undermines faith in the Justice Department. It has to. It's fake. They were trying to soft coup a guy out of office. It's fake. Okay, when people get out there and they have a January 6th committee where for the first time in the 246-year history of the country, the minority party, in this instance the Republicans, is not allowed to appoint members or question witnesses, in your head you go, oh, okay, this is a TV show trial. It's fake. They're not. This is a trial without a defense. It's a prosecution with no defense. That's fake. In your head, in the ledger, you make a little note. Okay, when we get to the point that the feds passed on trying Trump for this charge, the previous DA passed on trying Trump for this charge, but now this guy wants to try Trump for this charge, you make a little note in your head that this guy might have a personal investment in this case that has nothing to do with the rule of law. I agree with that. So Speaker McCarthy writes to make a little note in his ledger that, hey, this doesn't look legit. Okay, and the reason a guy like Michael Beschloss would push back against it is because he is so blinded with hatred for the idea of Trump that he doesn't care what the cost is to our institutions. He was on he was on with the Mueller probe. He was on all the way on board with it. He was on board with executing Trump for having classified documents till he heard Biden had him, too. You know, you understand this is what you're dealing with. It's damaging the country, man. That I'm not saying that to you as a Republican. Okay, I'm just saying that to you as someone who legitimately cares about the country and creating a rising tide here that can lift all boats, especially the one of mine, my wife and my kid. We need all the help we can get. I'm a mess. But you understand these guys are too short sighted because all they're concerned with is the politics. I want to get to some calls about the politics. Dennis is in Houston, Texas. Yo, Dennis. Jimmy, thanks for taking my call. Of course. I, I had the I had the pleasure of meeting yourself. And Jenny and the Linkmeister uh, and Longview, Texas. Yes, you did. What a, what a highlight that was! It oh, was it was great us, time. Us too. We, we we talked, we hung, and it was really cool. Um, Jimmy, I watched um, an interview the other day, um, MSDNC interviewing um, Trump's attorney. I think uh, Trump's attorney put him put things in perspective when he saying he said if Trump is indicted and if he's found not guilty or whatever it is. He said it's going to put a lot of egg on the Democrats' face. And some of them are going to say, enough is enough. We've tried to get this guy forever. We, he's, he's a tough one done. I, you know, that sounds crazy, but I think it's really going to hurt their party. And I think mm-hmm. they're regretting right now what's going on. Well, I know there's chaos in the district attorney's office because other prosecutors had resigned over this very case. 
And I don't think they want anything to do with it because legally this is a really risky gambit in the sense that it's never been tried before and no one expects it to stand up in court. So you might legally there's definitely a mess in terms of how it helps them politically short term. Definitely. It's going to fire people up. I don't know where it goes long term because the American people might be like, you know what? There's just too many scandals. I don't honestly I don't know, but I think everyone should be concerned. And, you know, if you're saying so, Dennis, I'll take your word for it, because I do remember meeting you upstairs at Papa Sita's and it being a fabulous time, meaning we were all of sound mind and judgment that day. So if that's your analysis, I will offer it to the it Trump was, campaign. Yeah, yeah, it was very cool. I'm your buddy from the plaza. I'm you aware. drive me in your taxi. Yep, I'm well aware. Good stuff, Dennis. We'll do it again, brother man. Steve is down in Pensacola, Florida, Steve-O. It's been a couple of weeks since I yep. called you, mm-hmm. uh, President of the Lincoln Fan Club, and yeah, I, I, I appreciate that shout-out at, <laughs> at the game last night because yep. uh, he is the greatest of all time. You are secondary. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll uh, take the silver. I just <laughs> Great kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is something that has – gone on in this country and i've been on the other side of this it is unfortunate that we the prosecutorial system has gotten way out of hack both sides have started using prosecutions as political fodder about 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and before there was trump and i I, i'm a felon okay Mm -hmm. i was a former elected official i tested positive for marijuana and i was hit with 922 g3 a federal statute that says you cannot be a legal permitted firearm owner and smoke a joint as a, you know, uh-huh. narcotic. Uh-huh. Went to prison after 27 years of service to my country and thank God 20 years ago we pulled Saddam Hussein out of a rat hole, my brothers and sisters in the for- first special forces. Oh. And the deal is I went after having a record for 27 years of doing nothing but help my community. They threw me, my own people, Republicans, threw me in jail Sheesh. for smoking a joint. Now, this is something smaller on this scale, just like Trump's charges of being uh, paying off, like I I agree with you, a porn star. Yes. There is no reason to prosecute this case. Mm -hmm. And we have allowed the system to be overtaken by politics. That's the problem. Put the bad guys in jail who deserve it. Those of us who have made mistakes, and I'm not making excuse of whether or not should I. I'm a felon. I got to live with it. It's a scarlet letter. There's a lot of us that are Republicans mm-hmm. that want our rights back because mm-hmm. we made a mistake. But the other half, these people like Soros and Bragg, make it horrible for those of us who have made mistakes and want a chance to come back because they they bastardize the system and they dilute it with political prosecutions. Yeah, and, it's a bad uh, look. It's a it's bad look. Horrible. Yeah, it's a bad. It's a bad look for the country. I mean, the good news is he's not going to jail. They're not going to convict him on this. There's a reason the other office is passed. It's just there to kind of hang it over his head. But what they don't realize is the country gets the bill for this. It's not just him. It is the country. That's correct. And you know, all of these moments where they're you're seeing enemies emboldened on the world stage, like China encircling Taiwan, Putin rolling into Ukraine. This is another thing that emboldens foreign aggression because they go. Wow, the American people are that divided. It's banana republic That's time. Right. Now we make our move. So listen, I'm glad you get it with or without the weed. I'm glad you get it. Even with the weed. Listen, Steve, and, listen there's nothing wrong with that. But listen, no, there's ma'am. one thing I ask you to do. I beg you to do. Mm-hmm. Don't remind people that Joe Scarborough, that rat 
that comes from Pensacola that supposedly <laughs> represented us in Congress. I mean, yeah, it just kills us every time. Just for, tell him they, he comes from Maine or something. <laughs> All right, I'll run a misdirection. Steve, Love great call brother. as always. I'll see you soon, brother. We are back after this. Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Right back to the phones. Brian is in Bridgeport, Ohio. Yo, Brian. Jimmy, how you doing today? My man, uh, I'm I'm doing. It was uh, me and the Link Man got pretty banged up last night, so I got the callers carrying the first hour of the show. Hey, everyone needs a little extra help on a Monday. No problem, my man. <laughs> Thanks for that. You're a Radio Red Bull, is what you are. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? What's the takeaway here? Uh, okay, so my take is uh, something you alluded to earlier. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that these people really even care if Donald Trump goes to jail. They're, I think that they're <clears throat> literally using this as a smoke signal to just uh, uh, create something else to talk about rather than talk about the failures of the Democrats in the last couple of years, the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look here, the economy's failed. They have no good candidates going forward. Just, just the whole roundabout way to just, uh, you know, bring yeah. up a little bit of garbage and trash on the Republicans in any way possible. Listen, I, I don't doubt that that's definitely part of the motivation, 100 percent. But what's happening to Biden, and this is the one thing they can't hide from, we're going to talk to about it in the next hour, is they've unearthed so much information on the banking history of that family that even CNN is acknowledging it now. Like, that's a thing. Like, Aaron Burnett, I'm going to play it at the top of the next hour, was like, yeah, this doesn't look good, you know? So I don't doubt that they're hoping this Trump arrest buys them a little time in the press. But if CNN is saying the Bidens are corrupt, you know, it takes a lot for that to happen. So I just think this food fight is about to get a lot sloppier before we clean it up. So throw your poncho on, Brian. I'll see you after this, my man. Good call. We're back after this. Buckle up. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. Back in action for a big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. An hour that will include analysis from retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow, who is downtown in the courtroom as we speak. A guy pretty familiar with the ins and outs of the potential indictment, like the one that may be coming down for Donald Trump tomorrow. It, of course, comes at a time when even CNN is now acknowledging that Joe Biden's connection to financial payments from foreign entities is very problematic. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. We're going to discuss that quickly in this hour. 888-788-9910. Let me get you up to speed on that really quick. We've spent a lot of time discussing Donald Trump, and we're certainly going to get back to him in this hour. But when Barack Obama was president, he served eight years as president. Joe Biden, of course, was his vice president for all eight of those years. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And Barack Obama's Treasury Department, the Treasury Department under Barack Obama, filed 150 suspicious activity reports related to the banking transactions of Hunter Biden. 
this could be a problem. That's what Obama's Treasury Department said. They flagged this money. Okay, so this is not like Fox saying it's suspicious or, you know, some right-wing guy trying to engage in whataboutism. Well, they're going after Trump. What about Hunter? Well, seriously, though, worth mentioning what about Hunter, if only because it was Obama's presidency that outed Hunter Biden as being a potential corruption risk. 150 reports related to one man. And then when you see how the money flowed and how multiple members of the Biden administration were getting paid from industries they themselves had no background in, you start to look at the potential of someone selling interest in this country. That is correct. And let me just give you a horse sense theory, purely speculative. This is talk radio. I have this right as an American. And I am purely speculating with you. This is my horse sense speaking to you as someone who drove a cab and is pretty familiar with human nature and everything in between. Okay, when you go through and you read these Hunter Biden emails and you see an email like, do me a favor, don't mention Joe's name in writing. Okay, I know you know that, but only say it in person because they're really paranoid. Now, when someone says that to you, do me a favor. Don't ever mention this in writing. Are you likely engaged in an activity that's legal? The answer would be no. You likely engaged in an activity that's upstanding in any way whatsoever? The answer would be no. Of course not. So when you go through and read these emails and you see the internal concern, not from outside entities, but internal people aligned with Hunter Biden's fundraising efforts, his ability to connect foreign investors to his father. His ability to sell influence and occupy positions on the boards of companies. He has no background in their sector. Hunter Biden, okay, you understand, was employed by an energy firm. At the time, his father was the sitting vice president of the United States of America. Hunter Biden didn't have a background in energy. Okay, Hunter Biden at the time was getting thrown out of the Chateau Marmont for doing too much drugs and running up such a bill with prostitutes that they needed his dad's credit card to pay it off. That's who Hunter Biden was. So you understand this is not a guy whose name frequently came up in boardrooms as someone who was reliable and dependable and should be representing their country, their their business. Okay, but he became viable. He became appealing because he was connected to his dad, who occupied a position within our government. What my horse sense tells me is in the aftermath of the 2016 election, okay, if you remember the way it went down, Joe Biden wanted to run for president. He had been Barack Obama's vice president for eight years. Joe Biden wanted to run for president. Obama thought so highly of him that he sat Joe down and said, don't be thick, all right, and told him not to run for president. He said it was Hillary's time. You need to step aside. You served the country well. Come on, man. Nope, that's what he said. You've been in politics 50 years. It's Hillary's turn. You need to step aside. She's raised all the money. So what did Biden do? Took his ball and went home and likely decided, well, certainly never going to run for any other office again. Hillary's going to win not one, but two elections. Wrong. But that's what the forecast called for. Hillary Clinton, don't ever forget, was a 13-point favorite 
If this is a football game, she was favored by 13 going into election night. This is a two-touchdown favorite that lost the game. This is not okay. But that changed the calculus for a guy like Joe Biden. He left Washington under the pretense that he was never going to be involved in government again. So he likely greenlit his kid and his family to go cash in on the time he spent in government. Go sell my name overseas. Don't attach me to it on writing. Make it, you know, do it in a dubious way where we have the plausible deniability of saying I'm not a part of this, but just trade on our family name and go hoard out for all it's worth. And that's exactly what Hunter Winton did. But lo and behold, Hillary wound up losing an election. Lo and behold, COVID wound up hitting our shores and derailing what looked like to be an absolute certainty as it pertains to Trump's re-election. And Joe Biden was now a viable political candidate again. He didn't have to campaign because of COVID. He could stay in the House watching Bonanza, eating pudding cups. They'd minimize his access to the press, if for no other reason than because they never knew what was going to come out of his mouth if he took spontaneous questions. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. And all of a sudden, all of his connections to influence peddling schemes overseas saw the light of day because the Hunter Biden laptop saw the light of day, at which point every media outlet and 51 members of our intelligence community declared it Russian disinformation. They hid critical game-changing information from the voters in the run-up to the election. Now those same people want to prosecute Donald Trump for hiding the fact that he had an affair with a porn star. Again, speaking to you as an objective person, if hiding information from voters is a crime worth jailing a president for, then surely we should be jailing everybody who hid the Hunter Biden laptop story. But we're not doing that because there isn't an equal footing in the eyes of the law in this country. Okay, but when it comes to the Biden family... It's starting to look like it might catch up with them because the Republicans have prosecutorial power in the House when it comes to investigations. And here's James Comer walking through what they found. And I'll give you Aaron Burnett at CNN reacting to it. It's clip 15. This is one deal. We think there are as many as 11 more deals. Uh, now, we don't know what those deals are. Uh, what the Bidens, you know, it, in the beginning, the White House denied having any uh, knowledge or the fact that their family was involved in any sort of way, shape or form with the CCP. But now we have bank records that reveal otherwise. Uh, we don't know what the Bidens did in return for this money. Uh, the lawyer said that it was seed capital for a business. We haven't been able to find a business. A three letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. They don't have a business. Well, it was capital. We were starting a business, you understand. Did they start a business? The answer would be no. Seems to me they pocketed a lot of money. Here's Comer saying as much clip 16. We're going to have an opportunity to ask people about that that were closely aligned with the Biden family. We've talked to them privately. I'm not going to reveal what they say privately, but uh, very soon they'll either be uh, talking to everyone in the form of a deposition or even better in a, in a committee hearing. But right now it looks like uh, the Biden family just pocketed this money. Uh, this is one deal. We have 11 more to go, and I'm pretty confident we'll be getting more bank records in very soon. Wow. And you understand this story completely ignored in the run-up to the election by the media. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are, because most of the people who said the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation 
once they saw Republicans take back control of the House, what did they do? They said, well, actually, uh, second thought, we were able to independently verify that it was real after all. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. It really is. Because you understand, they interfered with an election, and the media helped them do it. And then they turn around and like, arrest every Republican. They interfere. They're undermining faith in our election. It's crazy. But here is Erin Burnett, to her credit. She is, of course, over on CNN. CNN is the worst. Maybe so. But she did at the very least acknowledge this doesn't look good. Clip 17. On a certain level, just as a layperson, you hear this, and it doesn't sound good. Uh, there's a guy whose name is uh, John Robinson Walker. He gets $3 million from a Chinese-based company and proceeds to wire it out to a bunch of people named Biden, one of whom is Hunter Biden. Another one is a company that belongs to the president's brother, James Biden, and another amount of money to Bo Biden's uh, widow, Hallie. So, again, from a layperson, that doesn't look good. Understand, Joe Biden was asked about it on the White House lawn Friday and said, no, it's not true. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Because understand, Joe Biden's word, if you're an objective observer, is useless. Joe Biden told us on the campaign trail he never once discussed his son's business dealings with him ever. You're a liar. Okay, not only do we have email records of his son's business partner saying, hey, it was nice to meet you and your dad today. We also have pictures of Joe meeting with Hunter Biden's business partners. So what did they do? Get together at Cafe Milano and discuss the latest episode of The Bachelor? What went on that day in D.C.? Were they talking about the nominees for the Oscars that particular spring? I mean, come on. You're going to tell me they didn't discuss business? Come on. Don't bullshit. Especially when you see emails corroborated by Hunter Biden's business partner saying Joe Biden was getting 10 percent for the big guy. Okay, this was discussed when you see Hunter Biden's business partners and Hunter saying, do me a favor, don't mention them by name ever in writing. I know you know that, but they're really paranoid. Dude, you understand they were up to no good. Joe Biden, who says, nah, this is fake. It's a fake report. Joe Biden said he never discussed Hunter's business part business with him. OK, we know beyond any and all doubt that he did. Joe Biden said Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. OK, that's what he said to Peter Ducey on the campaign trail. Ah, you're a one trick pony, pal. That's Russian disinformation. Really? Because last week, Hunter Biden filed a lawsuit saying what? Hey. The guy who shared this laptop was sharing my personal information, meaning the laptop was real. Oh, wow. And when that was pointed out to the Biden camp, what did Hunter's lawyer say? Well, we're not saying it was real, but we're saying the information was real. But the you understand what's going on here? It's ridiculous. We're not saying the laptop was real. It's just the contents of the laptop were real. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. Understand. okay? Joe Biden didn't sign up for this. The media hated Donald Trump so much he knew he could lie with impunity in the run up to that election. The media campaigned for him. They allowed him to stay home. They got the Hunter Biden story, you know, effectively swept under the rug so he could go out and win that election. Okay, and for the most part, they kept it completely out of the media. But something funny happened in the midterms and that the Republicans took back the House 
So now we're getting a thorough audit of just what the Biden family business model was. And Joe Biden, who thought he would always be protected by, an, by a, you know, a, a mainstream media that for all intents and purposes is just a wing, activist wing of the Democratic Party, is now running into a very inconvenient truth in the fact that Republicans have the ability to unearth the truth. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And really quickly, we wanted to check in with our senior correspondent to bar tabs. He is, of course, retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow. Hey, man. What's going on? You know, I have two quick questions, so thank you for – I know you have a busy day today in terms of, you know, the courts and everything like that. Two quick questions. Um, I, I cited a fact over the weekend that the district attorney going after Trump is pursuing a case that was dropped by the feds and it was dropped by the prior DA, correct? Yes. Nobody oh. looked at – nobody who looked at it wanted it. But this is the one instance where a guy that's downgraded 52 percent of felonies to misdemeanors is actually upgrading a misdemeanor? Yeah, and it's quite a legal stretch. I mean, the theory of the case is really unique. What he's done is he's taking a misdemeanor, which is falsifying business records. And there is a uh, an aspect of that where if it's done in service of a different crime, it can bump to a felony. Mm-hmm. And they are conjuring the different crime as being the federal crime mm-hmm. of a campaign finance uh, violation. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of mixing a state law and a federal law in order to get the state law to the um, fel- the felony level. Wow. In addition, um, both of them have statutes of limitations that you would presume will have, would have run. I mean, mm-hmm. the black letter law, they would have run. Mm-hmm. And so there must be some theory of the case. Remember, there hasn't been an indictment. It hasn't come down. Or if there has been, we haven't seen it. Yeah. So I can't speak to the specifics of it. I'm going to be interested in seeing this thing. Because it, it must read like Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Paul Morrow. It's, yeah, to me, the tell is that the other two people passed on it, if for no other reason than because it's a precarious legal footing. But that was the second question. You know, if prosecutors always want to win the first case. Is there concern, say, down in Georgia, where we know they were hoping to potentially bring charges, that this case tanking kind of damages the credibility of the second case? I think it does. And you're starting to hear that from people who are even on the left. Uh-huh. Uh, my understanding is, understanding is that uh, uh, President Obama's uh, former assistant, uh, David Axelrod, mm-hmm. uh, chief of staff, et cetera, was already was out saying that, you know, he thought this was not the prosecution to bring. I've seen other legal talking heads saying the same thing. And so, of course, you know, if the first one out of the box looks to be very penny-ante, and it won't be resolved, by the way, until, you know, when it's game time for the next election. Almost certainly it won't be. So, you know, it's just going to be this penny-ante thing that's sort of hanging over the uh, entire process. And I think it does. I think it besmirches it. I think I'm sure, in fact, that they really wish it had not been brought. And Mm -hmm. if, in fact, the Trump attorneys managed to knock this out Mm -hmm. on any of the grounds that we've already mentioned before – any of the other cases are brought, it really does cast a pall over this idea that they're going to get Trump using the legal system. Especially then if you go back and you see the foreman of the grand jury down in Georgia who did that weird media tour, 
You know, yeah, it was, yep, it's, yep. oh man, that's a. Yeah, speaking of Alice in Wonderland, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what the story was there, man. Oh my goodness, but, I don't want to yeah, know. Exactly, exactly. I, and you know, the other thing, Jimmy, too, is that it just invites the kind of retaliatory stuff that takes us into third world territory. Yeah. You know, now what's going to happen is this going to be, first of all, it's going to, uh, I think it's only going to um, help Trump, at mm-hmm. least in the primary. A lot of people yeah. are going to feel like this is real victimization that's going to mobilize folks. But it's also going to put us in a position where there is now a little bit more purchase on the idea of, quote unquote, get Biden. Yep. And, you know, let's say let's be clear. There's plenty of smoke there. Yeah. Um, you know, so at some point yep. that's going to be the lever to say, well, you did it. So, so will we. Well, that's where it's so crazy. Then right before I let you go, we're about 30 seconds out. If we've never handcuffed the president in 246 years, the idea yeah. that we're doing it over the equivalent of a parking ticket to me, seems like a little bit of a foolish gambit. Jimmy, quick question before yep. you go. Does he smile in the mugshot or not? <laughs> not only, but I think he has like a Trump wine T-shirt on to move some product. Moro, <laughs> he's got the re-election slogan, tanned, arrested, and ready. Embrace. It's going to be an EFT. Exactly. <laughs> Good stuff, Paul Moro. We're back after this. There it is. Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. If you follow me on the Twitter or maybe Facebook or even Instagram, then you know that last night I was at the New York Rangers game at Madison Square Garden uh, with my man Lincoln Fallon. It was his first hockey game. Uh, lucky enough to get some tickets. And Kennedy was there and Dagan McDowell was there. And, you know, Dagan loves hanging out with me. That is balderdash and hogwash. and mm-hmm. Stop it. That was a cheap shot at me from the control room, but Dagan McDowell will actually be on the show in the next hour. Her and her broadcast partner, Sean Duffy, the co-host of The Bottom Line, are going to be joining us to discuss all things USA. But last night at the hockey game, I was, uh, oddly enough, in like a private lounge where they have a buffet, and uh, I ran into none other than former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Is a P.I.G. pig. Now, just to be clear, they're not talking about Governor Christie. They're talking about me at the buffet. Chris, Chris Christie or anyone listening for that matter has a long way to go before they can eat as much as I do at a hockey buffet. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Oh, you ain't kidding. Me and Lincoln. Wow, we put up some big numbers last night. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> Pizza. But prior to getting to that Ranger game, Okay, I, of course, was hosting the big Sunday show here on the Fox News Channel, and Chris Christie was on The Week over on ABC. And in addition to similar social schedules last night, apparently we both had similar TV takes because here is Christie talking about how Alvin Bragg is prioritizing the arrest of an ex-president at a time when our city, I have to tell you, man, I, I know I find a million different creative ways to describe how bad New York is. It is it's bad right now. Like we're in a really bad spot in terms of violent criminals aren't going to jail. That's the heartbreaking thing here. If you live in New York, every time you read about someone getting killed or robbed or raped, you go on to find out that the guy doing it has an arrest sheet like three and a half miles long. You know, these are guys with 12 offenses, 15 offenses, 20 offenses that are out walking the streets of New York. And then there's such an indifference to the people that they're harming that if you are paying attention here in New York to the selective application of justice 
by this woke district attorney, okay, you realize there's a real grave injustice here. And it's not Trump paying off a stripper that he happened to hook up with. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is that's not the crime we should be focused on. Can you do both? Yes. This would be a much easier sell, though, if we were going after the bad guys as opposed to trying to ring up an ex-president who, oh, by the way, has committed the equivalent of this is a parking ticket, guys. This is a parking ticket. Like he's not actually going to face significant jail time even if he's convicted. But there will be a crime against the integrity of this country if the rest of the world sees an ex-president in handcuffs for, I mean, really nothing. Like there's no one alive who could go to go to jail for this particular crime unless their name happened to be Donald Trump. I agree with that. So here's Christie explaining the juxtaposition between the crimes being pursued and the crimes that are being let let alone. It is clip six. Let me tell you who does it enforce law and order when it comes to gun violence. I go into New York City every week. It is a danger zone to go into Manhattan because Alvin Bragg is running a revolving door and not prosecuting gun crime, not prosecuting violent criminals. And if he does, he lets them out within four hours of when they're arrested to commit more crimes. So let's not get into that argument because Alvin Bragg has failed miserably. And all of a sudden he wants to get but you do, on but you do have a I mean, dude. I'm sick and tired of all of this bullshit. As he should be. And you hear they're trying to jump in there. But Governor Trump, uh, you know, we had an attorney on the big Saturday with us uh, show Saturday. And I was speaking about this dereliction of duty by Alvin Bragg. And he jumped in and he's like, are you defending Trump's behavior? And I was like, that's not the point. Okay, did he commit the equivalent of a parking ticket? Yo, this is a bookkeeping record. He had his attorney handle the payoff to Stormy Daniels. Okay, and they're saying, well, technically this would violate campaign finance violations because the only reason he would have to keep Stormy Daniels silent was his campaign. Wrong. Dude, the guy is married to a supermodel. Okay, even if he's not in politics, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he doesn't want the supermodel wife knowing he hooked up with a porn star. Tell him like it is. So there are dueling motivations for this. But if you're going to give me this lecture on how nobody's above the law, really, again, I've said it a thousand times in the last 72 hours, go tell people getting thrown onto the subway tracks in New York City by guys who've been arrested 15 times that nobody's above the law, number one. Number two, if the reason we're supposed to be on board with handcuffing a president for the first time in the 246-year history of our country is because he hid information from the public that would have potentially influenced the outcome of an election, then go lock up all 51 intelligence officials who knowingly told us Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation, even though they all knew it was real. Oh, wow. You can't talk to me, okay, because I'm paying attention and I'm telling you the truth. You can't talk to me. I don't have a blind eye for one political side. I get it, dude. I'm a regular guy. I'm not an activist. I'm not like going to the mattresses for Trump here. I'm going to the mattresses for the country. Everyone, everyone in the country should think this is insane. Okay, if you're going to handcuff a United States president and say to the rest of the world, yep, 
We're a banana republic. If this is what we're giving it away on, okay, it's not colluding with Russia. Yeah, of course you handcuff a president. It's not, you know, overthrowing the government. Of course. It's not selling nuclear secrets. Of course. Handcuff anybody. But if you're going to tell me with a straight face that we need to throw our integrity out the window because this guy got a stripper naked. Hubba hubba. I mean, dude. But there's a point to this. It's bigger than, you know, protecting institutions and no one's above the law. They do want to damage him politically. And this is very much the same strategy they employed against Brett Kavanaugh. The Democrats do a flood the zone strategy when they're trying to destroy somebody in the court of opinion, public opinion. They don't need a quality allegation. They need a quantity of allegations. Do you remember when Brett Kavanaugh was being accused by a woman who didn't know where it happened, didn't know who was there, didn't know what year it was, didn't know what the house was, you know, nothing. On a, didn't know on a boat, didn't know on a goat, didn't know on a train, didn't know on a plane. But every single Democrat called for his immediate removal from the bench. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally, 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 totally. Because you understand there are allegations against Joe Biden where the woman can, Tara Reid can give you the date. She can give you the time. She has multiple witnesses that corroborate her telling them back in 1993. Are any Democrats calling for any action against Joe Biden? The answer would be no. No, we can't go all the way back to 1993. But, you know, we can go back to 1976 when Kavanaugh was at the party. I'll say it again. Democrats are so full of crap. But understand, they flood the zone with a quantity of allegations because this stuff works on corporations. Corporations that are trying to protect their brands, if they have a spokesperson that's getting a lot of complaints, they go, well, true or false. We don't want to be associated with this. Let's just fire the guy. That's what they do. And the only reason Brett Kavanaugh didn't get canned is because Trump stood his ground against the mob because he was used to getting blitzed every down. And he forced them into a position where they had to actually prove the allegation instead of just socially pressuring people on Twitter. And lo and behold, when it came time to prove the allegation, they had nothing. Okay, and that's where we are on this crime. The feds refused to prosecute Trump for this crime. They had an opportunity. The previous district attorney here in New York had an opportunity to prosecute Trump for this crime. Didn't do it. Okay, but here we are with Alvin Bragg doing it, and it's flimsy. But why is it coming? Mainly because down in Georgia, there's talk of also going after Trump for his actions in the aftermath of the 2020 election. There's hope that you can flood the zone. Hey, there's enough of a legal hullabaloo surrounding this guy that we're better off moving on to another candidate. That's what's going on here. It doesn't help Trump. Everybody that's, you know, got the rose-colored lenses on because they're so dyed in the will love Trump, this will rally the baby. Yeah, maybe for like 48 hours, but it's not going to help him on the whole. And the reason being is you need independent voters. You need other Democrats to come along for the ride if you're going to win a general election. And the reality is if you hang enough of a cloud over Trump, this is what they did to his first term in office with the Russia probe. Okay, it's not about finding the guy guilty. The process is the punishment. The Mueller probe was there to undermine his time in office, weaken him politically on the world stage and at home and create the perception that the walls were going to close in and he was going to get handcuffed at any moment. It's there as a deterrent. They know they lost 2016. They were just trying to stage a nonviolent coup in the sense that if Trump went out and fired Mueller and created the perception that there was a there 
there, then there would have been a massive outcry for him to resign. It was a soft coup. In this instance, he's not in office, but one of the means of preventing him from ever getting him in there again is to create a level of Trump fatigue that is so vast and so all-encompassing, people just go, yeah, he might not even be guilty. But is this all we're ever going to do? I mean, let's just move on. He knows what he's talking about. The process is the punishment. Here's Chris Christie talking to the fact that being indicted, it doesn't help anybody. Clip eight. The circus continues. <laughs> I mean, look, he only profits and does well in chaos and turmoil. And so he wants to create the chaos and turmoil on his terms. Um, he doesn't want it on anybody else's terms. John, you know this. You know him well. He wants it on his terms. But look, at the end, being indicted never helps anybody. Uh, it's not a help. Now, I think that this of the of the three investigations, I think this is the one where people know the most. And so because they know the most, they're going to take it less seriously. I don't think there's many Americans who don't believe that Donald Trump had an affair with Stormy Daniels and that don't believe that he paid her money at the end of the campaign to keep it quiet. So I don't think that the American people probably see this as a huge crime. No, they don't see it as a huge crime. That's the reality. But understand, handcuffing an American president is a huge optic. It's a moment where the shining city on the hill, you know, the country that everybody looks to as the model in the world, as the standard of excellence and integrity. It's really all going out the window if you handcuff an ex-president over nothing. Again, we had projected to the world this guy was going to wind up in handcuffs, but the projection was based on Russian collusion, withholding resources from Ukraine. This guy was a criminal on his taxes. They've gone 0 for 3 on the world stage. But the fact that they're still willing to keep up this fantasy of handcuffing this guy and go through with it for something as small as the political equivalent of a parking ticket, this sends a message to the world that America now has a justice department. It now has leadership. Okay, that is willing to put politics above the rule of law, above the integrity of our judicial system. And everywhere else in the world, they call that type of government a banana republic. You're absolutely right. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon having an honest conversation with the American people about a particular time in America where, man, oh boy, oh man, uh, it is a mess. The shining city on the hill is now the mudslinging real housewives of Washington, D.C. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? They're trying to flood the zone. This is what's going on. They don't want Trump running. Okay, and, you know, to be clear, neither does most of the Republican establishment. And so they're just trying to surround him with enough chaos that people walk away from it. Okay, and, you know, it might actually work. And I think on some level Trump knows that because Maggie Maggie Haberman, who knows Trump as well as anybody, you know, he's constantly feuding with her on social media, but he can't cooperate with her interviews quickly enough. Uh, She has spoken to Trump a lot lately as another book on him coming out. But here she is telling CNN. Uh, that she doesn't think Trump's excited about this. She doesn't think he sees this as a rallying point. Clip 11. 
He's very anxious about the prospect of being indicted for, for a couple of reasons. Yes, it, two things can be true at once. Uh, he is aware that there are reasons to believe this could help him politically. We have heard a lot about this this morning already. But he does not want to face getting arrested, which is what happens when you get indicted. You get fingerprinted. You get brought in. You have to ask for bail. None of that is something that he is excited about. While I know that his folks are suggesting this is a weak case, they don't actually know what the evidence is. What it is is trivial compared to the other inquiries. That doesn't mean there won't be a conviction, and they have to be mindful of that. Oh, shut up, woman. There's nothing here. You want to know why we know there's nothing here? Are you ready for it? The feds passed on it. Feds, which a much bigger prosecutorial wherewithal passed on it. You know who else passed on it? The previous district attorney in the same office. But you know who this district attorney happens to be? Someone who is historically unpopular in a one-party town who knows the biggest sexual fantasy of New York liberals is to get Donald Trump. Correct the mundo. Alvin Bragg is engaged in an act of political self-preservation. That's why this is a case. It's not going anywhere. Okay. And understand there are guys down in Georgia that want to charge Trump too. They're concerned right now because prosecutors always want to win the first case. Because if you win the first case, it establishes going into the second case. Well, this is a criminal. It's been established in the courts. And there's a real reason to bring the charges against this criminal. Wrong. This first case being a loser for prosecutors just paints the Georgia prosecution, potentially if he is indicted, is that much more of a political witch hunt. So believe me, they're concerned in Georgia that Alvin Bragg decided to go forth with a case for nothing more than his own name recognition. This is not protecting the rule of law. Again, we have murderers out walking the streets of New York right now. We have murders being committed by people who've been arrested more than a dozen times for violent crimes and aren't locked up because of woke bail reforms. Everything woke turns to So Trump engaged in a lot of name calling over the weekend, but when he's calling George Soros, you know, he's calling Alvin Bragg a George Soros, you know, prosecutor for all intents and purposes, he is. But the Democrats don't care about the truth here. What they care about is the flood the zone strategy. You create enough chaos around a particular candidate, the average person shrugs their shoulders and goes, I don't know, this is just never going to end. We're still doing this. We're still fighting over this guy. Can't we just press the reset button in America? And that's what most people want to do in this moment anyway. Um, so I, to be honest with you, I, I, it's very hard for me to see this helping Trump. Very hard. Will it rally his base? Yes. Are the people out there that are, you know, ride or die for Trump day in, day out, no matter what he does, even more emboldened? Yes. Should we all be pissed off by this? Yes. Is this cartooning the integrity of our country on the world stage? Yes. But that doesn't mean you have to make the focus of all of this the next president of the United States, because the fact remains we're only in this position because he did, in fact, make this deal with a porn star. Whether it's legal, whether it's gray area illegal, whether we wouldn't prosecute anyone else for it but him. Okay, it's true. There's nobody else that would get prosecuted for this. Okay, but there's also nobody else that did it on this level. So it's a little bit of a, you know, a product of his own design. That being said, the fact that they're going after him is complete and total bullshit. 
live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it sure is. And we're coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, but it doesn't feel that way. The banks are collapsing. The border's overrun. They're getting ready to arrest an ex-president. And now we've got an attorney general bringing children to Drag Queen Story Hour. Stop bringing little kids to drag shows, you perverts. Lincoln Fela, he was a little kid at one point. Uh, he was with me last night here in New York City at a Rangers game with Dagan McDowell, who is going to be stopping by in this hour. Sean Duffy's going to be here as well. But while we were out packing the foil, playing some old-style hockey, our attorney general here in New York was sponsoring a Drag Queen Story Hour. That's not right. Oh, God, it's so disgusting what they're doing with kids right now in this country. And I bring it up a lot on the show because I am a parent. Not a terribly good one, but, you know, we're all right. We're, you know... We're playing, like, playoff ball. Mm. Right, maybe not play wild card ball. I'm, mm. I'm going to move on. <laughs> we're, we're a 500 team. We've won a little more than we've lost. Mm. Well, the point is Jenny is a great parent. You are correct, sir. And I'm kind of coasting on her success. But in this moment, I have been using my radio platform, my TV platform, uh, you know, to, to try to, you know, kind of cater to, like, this common sense thing. And what I mean by that is every single parent listening right now, whether you're Republican or Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, anything in between, every single, every single parent, everyone, they know that kids don't belong at drag shows. That's true. That is true. They don't belong there. If it's, I mean, seriously, if you can bring a kid to a drag show, why would it be illegal to bring a kid to a strip club? I think he's got a point. I mean, and seriously, what what is the difference between a stripper giving you a lap dance or a guy dressed up as a stripper giving you a lap dance? What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know, but you think about that for a second. Even on the left, even on the left, where they don't want kids seeing certain language. No, it can't be spokesmen. It's got to be spokesperson. We don't want kids seeing words like that. But we're fine with a kid seeing a man named Cinnabons, giving them a lap dance and a dress. Exactly, because the kids ain't fine. The kids didn't ask for this. The kids have become the latest, you know, front line in a battle. Uh, To be honest, they're innocents in a lot of ways because it's recruiting. Nobody brings a kid to a strip show who should be allowed around kids. Bingo. You think about, like the DeSantis law. Ron DeSantis passed a Parental Rights and Education Act that made it illegal to put sexualized content in front of children between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. Now, when you were growing up in this country, if someone told you they wanted to talk to your kindergartner about sex... Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. That's what you would have said. What? And to be clear, these books, is about they're about sex. Ron DeSantis, if you remember, held a reading last week where they read the content on live TV that was in the children's books he had banned. And what happened? The media was forced to go to commercial to cut away. Why? Because the content was too graphic. So understand, if it's too graphic for the adults watching a newscast that can show you murders and war and terrorist acts, 
but those adults can't even see the graphic nature of the sexualized content for children. Yet Democrats are out there speaking out on behalf of that content. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. It's gross. So what happened here yesterday in New York, this is so nuts to me. Like the fact that I'm saying this, like people who hold leadership positions in our society, Letitia James, the attorney general, she famously took down the former governor, Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! But that is her claim to fame. She got Cuomo booted from office, not because he committed elder side in signing an executive order that would send COVID patients into nursing homes. Not that he falsified the data about those deaths and covered it up to get a better book advance. But the fact that Hansi Andy, he didn't have the best office etiquette around the ladies. You ever seen a grown man naked? Okay, not the best. So there went Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Right? Letitia James, though, according to a press release from her office, they put this out. They're proud of this. Hey, everybody needs to know what we did today on a Sunday. I know the murder rate's spiking. Did you do anything about that? The answer would be no. All right, fine. Well, rape is up. Did you do it? The answer would be no. Okay, what about all those people getting mugged on the subway? The answer would be no. Sheesh. Last week, the mayor said you can't wear masks in public anymore because it increases the chance of a robber getting away. Did we do anything about the robbery? The answer would be no. No, here's the press release. Are you ready for it? According to a press release from the AG's office, nearly 200 other guests, including families, enjoyed four back-to-back story hours at the LGBT Community Center. It's time for drag story hour, read the press release. We're at LGBT Center in New York City with some amazing drag story hour NYC storytellers, New York families, elected officials, and community leaders to kick off our drag story hour readathon. Letitia James tweeted. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. She put out a statement defending her attendance at the event, saying the recent rise in anti-LGBTQ plus protests, rhetoric, and policies has left New Yorkers, myself included, devastated and disappointed. But I know better than anyone that when the choice is between love and hate, between joy and venom, New Yorkers will always choose love and New Yorkers will always choose joy because in her worldview, the way they're framing this is love and hate. Dude, make no mistake about it. This is taking a children to a taking a child to a sex show. Okay? That kind of love is illegal and the Democrats hate it, okay? That it's illegal. I agree with that. This is disgusting. This in a lot of ways is a form of grooming in that they're trying to normalize the sexualization of children. That's what drag shows are. Kids are impressionable. When a kid goes to a movie, you watch Star Wars, you want to be Luke Skywalker. Okay, you watch Spider-Man, you want to be Spider-Man. You watch Rocky, you want to be Rocky. Not me. I was a fat kid. I actually legit didn't want to be Rocky. I wanted to be Paulie. I had no ambition. I was like, no, I could drink beers on his couch in a wife beater, yell at my sister and live off his dime while he gets his head punched in the ring. I could be Paulie all day. But the average kid left there wanting to be Rocky. Okay, the average kid wanted to be Superman. You watch a show. You see the attention, the positive praise showered upon the hero, and it caters to something inside of you that also wants to be the hero. When you take a kid to a drag show, here's the thing about drag shows. They're funny. A lot of them are funny. They're good performers. They're bawdy. They've got shtick. You know, they're 
dragging the boa around, making double entendres about their junk. Again, it's something that is a wild, booming industry here in New York. Are you ready for it? With, are you ready for it? With adults. Oh, wow. So we are, it's not about love and hate. No one hates drag shows. No one hates drag queens. Okay, but drag shows and drag queens for five-year-olds, okay, absolutely disgusting. Garbage like you just makes me sick. But here is the Attorney General Letitia James. I am proud to have been joined by my colleagues in advocacy and government today in celebration of the love, joy, and family fun that Drag Story Hour brings to our communities. Hey, does no home in New York. Really? Really? They've written down 52% of the violent felonies in this town and let the guys out. Really? If it's not a home, I mean, hate is certainly renting here in New York. Maybe it doesn't own a home, but maybe hate is certainly renting to own when you look at the condition of our cities right now. It's disgusting. And what they do is, and this is a Democratic playbook 101, and it's disgusting, is they take it way too far. You know when you're watching football and there's a late hit? Quarterback's running out of bounds. He's out of bounds. He's still going out of bounds. He's out of bounds now by five feet. Somebody tackles him. The ref throws the challenge flag. Why? Because it's a late hit. He's wildly out of bounds. What the Democrats are doing now in the culture war is they're bringing vile sexual text into school libraries. They're bringing vile sex shows, drag queens, to the presence of children. Okay, knowing that as far out of bounds as it is, there's going to be a natural pushback from both sides of the aisle going, yo, seriously, dude, seriously, the women in my family who got married, not Jenny, but two other. I don't forget what Jenny did on her bachelorette party. I don't know. She told me. Oh, no, actually, I do know what she did. Jenny, if you're listening, uh, she went to a bar in Cleveland And then they went out in Brook Park Road. And if anything knows anything about Brook Park Road in Cleveland, a little bit of a red light district. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But anyway, Jenny and the gals went out at a nice time. But the point is, other female members of my family had their bachelorette parties at drag shows. Drag shows, because they're funny. Women go, they get hammered. They laugh at the men dressing up to be women. It is a booming, thriving industry in this country for women. You always, always, always had to be 21 to get in because they served alcohol. But now we're showing this stuff to five-year-olds? It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. How? How? How did we go from 21 to five? How did we get into a position where we live in a corporate world where if you talk to your adult coworker about sex, you're fired? But if you talk to their kid about sex, you're hired? Like, what's going on? What am I missing here? And what I'm missing here is they're exploiting this as a political culture war issue. The Democrats want to frame everything in society as a choice between good and evil, just like Letitia James said in her press release. We're standing up. This is about love and hate. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay, we don't hate drag shows. They're a big booming industry. We don't like the idea that they're showing them the kids. Okay, but you can't tell me if I don't want my kid going to a drag show, I'm hateful. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to raise my child properly and not sexualize them at an early age. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that what we got so mad at Michael Jackson for? He's totally false. And I'm not saying these people are 
physically assaulting children. But there was a time where this would have been considered illegal to bring your kid into a place where men are pretending to be women. I mean, think about that. It's bizarro. But they take it this far out of bounds because they want the blowback, because that allows them to say, oh, this is hateful. It's bigotry. It's transphobic. It's homophobic. That's the hook. So our attorney general, as crime is soaring, women are being raped and robbed in staggering numbers. She's watching men pretend to be women. What an idiot. But there's a calculus behind this. And that's my biggest problem with the world we're living in. This has become a wedge issue. They're doing drag queen story hours all around the country when anyone calls in to complain. They're like, oh, hatred, bigotry, crimes are spiking. No, they're not. You know the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. The Democrats are pounding the table on this one every single time. Put up! Or shut up. The only thing they're putting up is a 20 and a stripper's garter belt on behalf of a five-year-old. And it is disgusting. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Introducing Woke Children's Books, a politically correct reading series for every taste. Come on, honey. We're going to read Charlie and the Peanut-Free Chocolate Factory. All of our titles have been carefully reworded, so you won't have to worry about offending the outrage mob. Are you reading green eggs and ham? No, it's cage-free eggs and vegan ham. Phew, I thought we were going to have to fire you. All of the classics have been reworked from plus-sized Albert (laughs) to my curious George. Reading to kids is a dangerous job these days, so don't get canceled. Get woke children's books where your family will always be safe. Mom, can we read the three little pigs? You can't call them pigs. They're body positive. This is exhausting. It really is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Something that jumped out at me over the weekend. We've spent a lot of time talking about this Trump potential arrest. And to be clear, it's a political prosecution. Okay. The dirtbag who is our district attorney, Alvin Bragg, Okay, is picking up a case that the feds passed on, the previous district attorney passed on. Okay, our dirtbag district attorney, who has written down violent felonies to misdemeanors 52% of the time, is now writing up a misdemeanor to a felony. Okay, pure politics. We're in a one party town. This is the danger of living in one party states. When you get elected officials that just cater to the confirmation bias of their supporters, If that's enough to get them reelected, guess what? None of the real problems are going to be addressed. Okay, that's why California is the way it is. That's why so many people are moving to Florida. Okay, but what's going on right now as it pertains to all of this garbage is Eva Longoria, of all people, was on CNN. And she was asked why the Hispanic vote, okay, is moving its way over to the Republicans. And you want to know why it's moving its way over to the Republicans? I just found this so interesting. It's because here's a newsflash that nobody on the left gets. Hispanic people, okay, they prioritize the same stuff as everyone else. Why? Because they don't walk around looking at themselves as Hispanic people. 
They walk around looking at themselves as, are you ready for it? People. He knows what he's talking about. We all want the same stuff. Democrats see us as black people, white people, Asian people, Muslim people, transgender people, Latino people, well, excuse me, Latin X is what they say. But no Latino cares about that crap. They don't care about the cultural pandering. And they certainly don't care for border policies that are making our country look like one that a lot of them moved out of by choice. But here is Eva Longoria speaking to the specifics of Hispanic voters fleeing the Democratic Party. It's clip 21. What I do and what I try to encourage politicians to do is not knock on our door every four years with a taco truck and and try to get our vote. Don't say our vote matters when our lives don't matter. You have to engage in these communities every day, not every four years. (laughs) Imagine that. Well, congratulations to Eva Longoria on never getting booked on CNN again. But here she is. Okay, again. Speaking further to the fact that the issue Latinos are concerned about is the issue every single American is concerned about. Clip 22. Well, I think the number one issue for all Americans, including Latinos, which Latinos are Americans, is the economy. That's the number one issue. People think our our number one issue is immigration uh, or abortion. Um, And it's jobs and and economy. And, And I think, you know, there's a party that speaks better to that. I'm not saying they have a better track record. I'm just saying they have better uh, a better marketing plan, I think, <laughs> because I think, you know, the Democrats have done a uh, some they've done some progressive things. And when it comes to creating jobs, I mean, and that's the truth. They're not creating jobs or as Joe Biden, you know, calls it a three letter word jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. That's a four letter word, pal. We have a president that is clearly not all there. And when it comes to the economy, they like to tell you, well, we've created 12 million jobs. That is a fact check false. No, no. We have recovered 10 million jobs, 10 million jobs that went away when entire industries were shuttered because of the pandemic. They've created 2 million jobs. I'm not saying I'm not happy for that job creation, but the vast majority of them are prime time. Excuse me. Part time. <laughs> Prime time. That's where you'll find me. I'll be on with Sean Hannity later tonight. But when we come back, I will be on with some big money Fox business host. I'm talking about Dagan McDowell, Sean Duffy, co host of The Bottom Line in studio after this. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. you got to be competitive. You want to host a show on business television. Joining us now, two people who know exactly what I'm talking about. They are the co-hosts of The Bottom Line on Fox Business, talking about Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy. Hey, girl. Hey, Dig. Hey, girlfriend. How you good, doing? Good to see you. Dagan and Duffy. Dagan came down. I always have the second seat. Yes, and that's rightfully so. Intellectually, aesthetically, well, but Dagan came down to interrupt the bro fest, well, well, which she, I think is the right thing. She to do. got down here to get some some Jimmy time by herself, and I know that she came down. She's like, "Listen, I got to hang with Jimmy, a little bonding time." <laughs> little do little you know, Dagan got not only did she get Jimmy time, Dagan got Lincoln time last night at Madison Square Garden. How about that? Shut up, dude! How rad was that Rangers game? Lincoln's first Rangers game. Yes, 
thought you were say, how rad was Lincoln? No, Lincoln oh, no, he's great. <laughs> he's fantastic. He's walking around with sunglasses. Someone cheered for him from the crowd. Like they're like, hey, really? it's the Link Man. You know, one of our crazy radio fans. There are a lot of Fox fans at the Garden, right? A lot of Fox fans in New York City. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Well, they're hockey fans. Hockey fans tend yeah. to be a little more conservative, I would say. Yes. Uh, yeah. A little more uh, art kind of people. And yes. therefore, there was a, they watch the network. There was a lot of love. But you got to know this. You hang out with Dagan McDowell, you're going to wind up in like some cool spots. So me and Lincoln oh. thought we were going to eat hot dogs and have a beer. And he was going to be the designated driver. But lo and behold, we're hanging out with Rangers great Ron Greshner. We're in a private lounge where they're serving lamb chops. Sean, this is my kid's first hockey game. He's eating a lamb chop. He's like, sitting on the ice. Dagan, you might have taken it too far, Auntie Dagan. And then Stefan Mateau was yes. there of the Stanley Cup winning 94. Huge Rangers. goal to send them to the finals. Well, I, what was funny is so we went to this bar across the street from the garden to wait for Ronnie. Mm-hmm. And... I go in, and nobody's there yet, and I tell the owner, I'm like, I'm name-dropping Ronnie Greshner. <laughs> and then I tell Ronnie on the phone, uh-huh. Lou yeah. Roman is his, his close friend, I said, I'm a jackass dropping your name around <laughs> the garden. He's like, oh, I don't care. You can oh, drop my name anywhere. Good for him. But we got this giant table. Yes. <laughs> so, I, so what I love is that Lincoln goes to a future hockey game. He's like, where's the, where's the lamb chops? Where's yeah. the, I, I'm supposed to be on the ice. You, you call this a hockey game? Or? There's not even a veal cavatelli here. Exactly. You call this the NHL? You're, you're ruining the kid. No, we are. It was, it was actually that highbrow, but it, everyone should see it once. It was pretty intense, right? And they're... Good fans. There's a lot of, you know, there's a passionate live hockey that doesn't exist in other sports. And what I mean by that is you do hear the crack of a bat in football. You hear sneakers on the court in basketball. But in hockey, you hear everything. You hear it all. You hear the ice spraying. You hear the puck every time it hits a stick. You hear those bassy hits into the boards. You, you do. And what, what I like about it, too, is it, it, even in, 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 the, in, the, in the pregame, you know, mm-hmm. show. Yeah. It's very patriotic still. It's still very Americana. Yeah, yeah. No, they, hockey's they, pro-America. Even with, they, you know, all of those sports, they've lost it, but hockey still has it, which uh-huh. is why I think so many of us still love it. Yeah, we do. And do you, you, you want me ahead. to get really heavy? Yeah, go. Because I didn't deep. get to go grow deep. up. I didn't get to grow up mm-hmm. watching hockey. Because you were in, in the person, South right. back in the day. But I did not escape. And But when I moved to New York City, first game I ever went to was a Devils game because my boss at the time had Devils tickets. Mm-hmm. And... I love hockey for the same reason that I love Francis Bacon as a painter. Okay. It is the combination of beauty and brutality. Yeah, yeah. That that's why I love hockey because it is so aggressive mm-hmm. and it's can be incredibly brutal, mm-hmm. but it is so beautiful to watch. All those nice passes and sunrise. Well, it's yeah. just it's a very difficult sport to play and yeah. I love the it's, no, it is. Deep. I love when that puck slaps into the plexi. But if you ever see, to, to Dagan's point, she's right. Um, if you've ever played hockey, you, you know how challenging it can be to put a, to put a pass on someone's stick. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, it's, it's an art form, yes. how good these no, guys no, are and how hard. easy they make it and seem. I, and I respect it because just because I dress like a figure skater doesn't mean I have that type of skating capability. But I did I grow know, up I skating around. I figure skater. No, I did. some of my cowboy shirts, I look like a figure skater who got oh. fat during the lockdown. I mean, a rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, bit of that. You, you do, you're on stage and singing songs, kind of a, th- a thing like this. By the way, <laughs> your comment before you came on, Jimmy has a fantastic jacket on. It's like it's like this brilliant blue. Fox if you're Nation. watching, yes, he's got the 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 silver zipper and zippers all over the jacket. Finally dressed, man. Yeah, you're yeah. making people hot here. Sean. No, you're I, actually I, making more of this 
$50 jacket than it really is. <laughs> oh, it's more than $50. Sean jacket, Duffy. He knows. He's I, got, this with is, nine kids, I couldn't afford that jacket. Stop it. Sean Duffy and Dagan McDowell. No, you have to tell the story. Jimmy, you texted me this morning. This mm. was this was the bro, the sweaty bro show. Yes. And you said, I'm just letting you know that Sean's coming on today, yes. and I don't want to make you angry again. Mm. Yes. So you're welcome to drop Because she'll in. give me a hard time oh. if I don't book the whole show. Because the last time I came on by myself, and she was like, what? But you you were on with Fela? Let me give you that. I wasn't invited. No, no, she wants everybody invited. She wants the camera crew invited. She <laughs> wants the makeup. She wants everybody. It's like Coolio's trunk. You know, the whole neighborhood gets out. <laughs> and what she does is perfect. She, she doesn't tell you before you're on air. She waits till the cameras are rolling, and then she's like, Jimmy. Yeah, by you the way, you didn't the bring invite. me on. She did that on your show. <laughs> I know. Like by any way. woman with a strategy, you don't tell the man yep. in advance that no. you're mad. You wait till you go out to eat dinner and you <laughs> drop it on him so you get the lobster with <laughs> the caviar on the like baked potato. Like an anvil is what she did. It was this, I'm going to point out that I was not invited to this raucous hockey game last night. Just going to put that out there. A lot of people guys, weren't. A, a lot, lot of people. Exactly. We actually went down the Fox list of talent. We're like, yeah, yeah no, no, yeah. Well, maybe. Kennedy was there. You filled the list up before you got to my name at the bottom of the list. Listen, so that's, I, was, I don't blame you for that. I was lucky to get an invite because tickets were scarce. And you understand why when you get there. And, like, we, I could have played goalie for the Predators in the third period last night because apparently, <laughs> apparently anyone could have. It was 7 it was, nothing. It was, they were putting up goalposts in the third period. Good. It was a football score, Sean Duffy. It was a great time. But next time, next time you'll come. Now I, you're well within your rights. You know how she, she, she spoke out about not getting invited yeah. to the radio hit? You didn't I'm, get invited. So to wait, the uh, but is it, who invited who here? Did Dagan invite you, or did you invite Dagan? We I got to go. Who, who should I be mad? We at? have a great pal here in the Fox orbit who works in security for the Rangers and the Yankees. Oh yeah, and is as wants to bring along a, a Fox friend to watch a game from time or to friends. time. Yeah, Fox yeah. and Fox and friends maybe right. is the way you'd characterize it. And, and Kennedy is a. Li- highbrow, legitimate Rangers fan. Yeah, yeah. And you have family who play for the Avalanche. I do, my nephew. So... You won your Stanley Cup. Have a seat. <laughs> I want to have a. I want. I want to have a seat at a, a New York game. That would be nice. Uh, oh, that? We will make sure. We Listen, will arrange for. Well, you, actually, hook up. wait. No, throw it in reverse. Yeah. You get us tickets for yeah, the Rangers and the Avalanche tickets. Here. Well, so I. So I. By the way, I mm. did have tickets oh. when when the Avalanche came to town. But uh-huh. but something happened and I couldn't go. My nephew is a very. He's Eric yeah. Johnson plays for the Avalanche. He's like the grandpa on the team. He's uh, I think he's the longest guy on the team. He's yeah. like. He's old at like thirty three, yeah, I yeah. think. Uh, but I didn't. I couldn't go, and that they just make one swing through a season. So yeah, is next that true? year, next uh, year, yeah, because he was like he got in the league when Lord Stanley was a Duke. Exactly, it was exactly. <laughs> it there, was, there were it was Duke Stanley's cup back. There then. were no names on the <laughs> cup back when he got in. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to Dagan and Duffy, co-host of The Bottom Line. You can watch it tonight at 6 p.m. on the Fox Business Network. How could you not? And you might see Jimmy Fela on, what, tomorrow night or Wednesday yeah, tomorrow, night? Tomorrow, Friday. I sneak in. I sneak in. I do some things. Uh, but let's talk about this. You know, my sister worked at Signature Bank. She did. I ran into her over the weekend. Is, is she a crypto bro-ass? Well, she has, like, a lot of weird theories. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know how inside they go with you when you work there in terms of the bank gets collapsed or bailed out. I understand it got purchased overnight last night or something to that effect. But there's a theory floating around in her social circle that this was like – this had to do with crypto in terms of this specific bank not getting bailed out. I mean what – 
is there a story? Is there an explanation? I don't. I'm not like you know saying you're you're wed to this theory, but well, is there a so, theory? No, so I, not to quote my old colleague Barney Frank, who mm-hmm. is the author of Dodd Frank, a liberal from Massachusetts, but he has come out and said the bank didn't have to fail. It was That's sol- what she it said. was solvent, and yes. they took down Signature Bank because they didn't like that it. Does so much business in crypto. Oh, so I can't. I, I can't say whether that is true or I not. I know, but that's what Sue said. My sister, she's sharp. She well, she must be because because also uh, Silicon Valley Bank also did crypto work, and uh, what's the, what's what's the other bank that went uh, Silvergate? Oh, Silvergate yeah. went down yeah. as well. So uh-huh. three big crypto banks went down, mm-hmm. and some will say that this is an affront to crypto in banking. Okay. Now, I'm a crypto guy. Dagan, not so much. But I look at what's happened recently with, with banks failing, concern about inflation, and people go to safe havens. Now, Dagan, Dagan's probably going to hit me if you're watching. But they've gone to gold and to Bitcoin because they don't trust the Federal Reserve and okay. uh, all the printing all right. and the politicians with the borrowing and the spending. Okay, fair. Fair. Thank you. And she didn't hit she you, didn't, and I'm uh, kind of disappointed. Because no. she's on her phone ask. looking this up. No, I was checking to see who bought Signature okay. Bank. Um, a New York Community Bank Corp took okay. over the failed Boy. signature bank. Uh huh. Fascinating. So it's not. Yeah, yeah. But you take yeah, it over. Yeah, you kind of just the, rolling in. So Silicon Valley Bank mm-hmm. was a bank for ri- mm-hmm. yeah, rich, rich people, people yeah. and tech VC com- people, tech, tech companies. companies. It was a business bank. Yeah, right. okay. Makes sense. And Signature Bank had a lot of crypto companies okay. as their customers. And what. And then with uh-huh. First Republic as well. Yeah, this is a rich people run on banks. Yes, that's what that's what so you're saying. It's not crypto. Mm. It's not a war on crypto. Mm-hmm. It is rich people worried they're not going to be able to get their money out of these banks. Uh-huh. So, you know, they're lining up for their money wearing Patek Philippe watches, carrying <laughs> Gucci duffel bags. These aren't guys in hard hats. Right. Not, not to go too far down in the weeds though, but they, uh, Barney Frank I think said that. The, the the new purchase of Signature Bank, they were required to not bank any crypto. Wow. So that was the requ- – now, now the FDIC has come out and yeah. they insure all your money in the yeah, bank yeah. and they also regulate. The FDIC, you'll see the little stickers on your bank when you go in, if you go in and don't just mm-hmm. use your phone. Uh, but th- they've denied the claim that they made that requirement. Well, wow. the, Fascinating. So but the FDIC mm-hmm. bailed out the depositors yeah. of both of these banks, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Mm-hmm. They got they covered one hundred percent. Yeah, beyond the, the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar yeah, cap. Yeah, yeah. So ninety one. Look, per- Look at you going. So what are you talking yeah. to ninety one. Ninety one percent of the deposits at Silicon Valley Bank were above the insured limit of two hundred and fifty grand. Wow. You know what the mean deposit in a bank in the United States is? Oh, the mean seventy five hundred dollars. Oh my goodness! So gracious. you got a full wow. bailout rescue. Oh man coverage by the FDIC of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature. So everybody who got a handout from the FDIC and mm-hmm. got got coverage shut <laughs> shut your front door. Let's and, hold it together. Hold and, on. And everybody as as Sean as a wise woman once said. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm-hmm. That's the best thing to say. When you, we want to curse on this show, we play that clip. You always have to pause for Jimmy oh, to go to the to, to, to the screen. To yeah, and the reason that crypto's run up in the last week is because now the Fed is what's yep. a like a pumping noise. Yeah. <laughs> is it a pump? oh, Maybe a plunger. Oh, this is so funny today. It's like we're DJing. <laughs> 
the Fed is the Fed's back to blowing its balance sheet out. Three hundred billion dollars in the last week, trying to pump up the banking system, basically doing what it did that got us into trouble. Over and over and over again. That's why crypto is going. And the balance. So just to, we mm-hmm. don't want to go too far. But but the Fed has a balance sheet of eight yeah. trillion dollars, which means they've they've printed, created eight trillion dollars of new money. It's uh-huh. almost nine. Back Good to gosh. almost nine. Good gosh. Good grief. So well, you, you know, know what? what it was before the two thousand eight financial crisis? What eight hundred billion. Wow, that's psychotic. Printing yeah. money, baby. Printing money. Just out of control. Is this modern monetary theory where there's no, no. such thing? What is no. what is this attributable to? Well. Is modern monetary theory that there's no such thing as too much debt? Is that kind of how they yep. – all right. That it's makes that sense. you can always – that you can spend to your heart's delight uh-huh. because the Federal Reserve is always there to print money and buy up the debt. Yeah, yeah. But that has completely blown up in the faces yeah, of like, AOC in, in history, and Warren. In history will tell you – uh-huh. That it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you print, you you print, you print, you print, and all of a sudden you de- you devalue your currency, yeah, so and you're going anything. to you're going with your wheelbarrow full of cash to buy a loaf of bread. That's what happens. Oh, man. Um, with these currencies, and just I mean, yeah. again, so the, I need I need the to do- lose weight. The but dollar I, I, yeah, the dollar ahead. is the reserve currency, so everyone in the world uses the dollar for transactions. If it's a it's a transaction between Lebanon and mm-hmm. and Brazil, mm-hmm. they don't do it in their home currencies; they do yeah, it in no, dollars. Okay, so there's a global demand for dollars. If we stop being the reserve currency because we print too much and borrow too much, and they all trade those dollars back in, they all come home, and you're going to see even more inflation. So it's very concerning. You didn't think he was going (laughs) to be nerdier than I am. I know. I expected you to drop some knowledge. That's impossible. I can't. She she has the the gold award, the gold gold medal. (laughs) Well, the point is we better get you those hockey tickets while we still can. Yes. More more than the hockey tickets, I want the free uh, lamb chops. Yeah, look, can I say something? Uh, those lamb chops were, they were special. Can I give you something? Did, I don't yeah. know about, so if you've ever been to the White House, and now when I was in Congress, I got to go a, a number of times, mm-hmm. and I was Irish, so you saw the president uh, and, 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 and Kevin McCarthy were together with the Taoiseach of Ireland, and so yeah. one time they all get together a year. You go to the White House after that party, mm-hmm. the White House always have, has lollipop lamb chops, mm-hmm. and they are the best lamb, ch- I don't know what cook they have in there, but they are the most amazing lamb chops I've had in my life. No one, no one can repeat Wow. Or duplicate the White House lamb chop. And I just throw a little Sean zhuzh in there. No, I love it. All right, we'll have this talk. <laughs> well, I'm standing by the purchase of our lamb chops until further notice. We just give you corned beef and cabbage when you come by and see us. Yeah, I come to your show, I get fed. It's great. You know, I always joke yeah. that I'm like a family dog at Fox. They just, you see me in every studio tail wagging. You're literally giving me treats on set now. <laughs> Wait, Jimmy, come on. We'll give you corned beef and cabbage. Stay. Stay longer. Oh, like, I was eating taters with my hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because I've just, I'm at that age. Yep. I just don't care anymore. Was it no, Hol- Hollerins? They were this. The corned beef and cabbage was excellent. It was. I took it no, home. My kids oh, ate it, was it up. Hurley's. Oh, Hurley's. Oh, Hurley's. Or Hurley's. Just, oh, Hurley's. Yeah, it's it was, not even Oh, Hurley's. It's, it's just, just Hurley's. Hurley's. But, it was that's funny. Well, for St. Patty's Day, we put an O on it. It's, <laughs> like it's, uh, it's O Olive Garden. Uh, it's fantastic. Where we, did you we, get this? We asked for beer to have a little uh, of, the, of the Lord's nectar yeah. um, from Ireland. <laughs> yeah. But they knew better. They didn't bring us any beer because they knew we're not supposed to drink on camera. Yeah, Jimmy and I would have been sideways. drinking on, on, on camera, so they said, no, no beer for you guys, even though it was in the show. No, they drew a line on the bottom line. They, they were right you to You can do drink so. in, the, in the commercial breaks. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, some, uh, summer shanty when the mm. – the, uh, 
U.S. Open was in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Line and Kugels. Uh, the Line and Kugels. Oh, summer yeah. shanty. Uh-huh. I was drinking those warm at like <laughs> 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> You're damn so right. I was like, this is so delicious. What a country. So what America, a country. I think is what we're trying to say is America. Uh, Dagan McDowell, Sean Duffy. I'm going to try not to get emotional, but you guys have to go host a TV show. And we love you, Jimmy. Oddly enough, despite this segment, we still have people who want to advertise Se- on the program. Sexy so. and happy and dressed well. And you better believe it, girlfriend. We're back after this. <laughs> the show's so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. How about this? We're in the bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America. As a lot of you know, I'm going to be in Bend, Oregon on April the 7th. The theater, this one seats 450 people. We have sold 449 tickets, 449. So if you want to go see me in Bend, Oregon, a party of one is welcome to come to the show and hang out after the show. We're down to one in Bend, Oregon. Uh, We will also, of course, on the 8th, the following night, be down in Boise, Idaho, at the Egyptian Theater, where we are under 10 tickets remaining for that gig as well. So I'd love to see it, love to hang out, uh, but those seats will be fully sold probably by the end of this radio show. So if you're thinking about going, make a move, man, because for some odd reason, the universe is aligned in a way that has put a mediocre guy like me in demand. And I mention it a lot because I wanted to inspire you to realize anything on earth is possible. If I could be sitting here signing off of this show so I can go join Sean Hannity's TV show at 9 o'clock and selling out theaters, you could literally be like Secretary of the Interior by noon tomorrow. So get moving. But whatever you do, be a Republican, be a Democrat, just do not be a From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.